Welcome to the Adoption Connection Podcast, where we offer resources to equip you and stories to inspire you on your adoption journey. I'm Lisa Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum. Don't worry, we get it, and we're here for you. Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 145. Parents often ask us about different tools or therapies that might be helpful for them or for their kids. And in this episode, Melissa interviews a neurofeedback practitioner who provides a type of neurofeedback that is simple enough that you can use it in your own home. Yeah, so I had a really interesting conversation with Olga Ward. Olga is a neurooptimal neurofeedback provider, but she's also an adoptive parent. I think you'll really enjoy hearing a little bit about her journey to neurofeedback. She discovered it as a powerful healing modality when she was really at her lowest point of parenting, which I know a lot of us can relate to. She is the owner and founder of Beaverton Neurofeedback in Oregon, where she has a passion for restoring and creating harmony in families. Here's my conversation with Olga. Olga, welcome to the Adoption Connection podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so this episode is all about neurofeedback, specifically a particular type of neurofeedback that you support families in called NeuroOptimal. Will you just give our audience, if they don't already know, and I know a lot of people probably have already heard of neurofeedback in some way, maybe they know a lot about it, maybe they've tried it, Um, but for those who are brand new, can you just tell us a little bit about what neurofeedback even is? Neurofeedback? Well, there's a whole chapter devoted to neurofeedback for those of you who are familiar with the work of Dr. Bessel from the book, The Body Keeps the Score. It's a computerized system that allows the brain to heal and rebalance um, and calm down the nervous system. In other ways, I also describe it's like PT for the brain. I love that, right? Our brain is so physical. We forget sometimes because it it's behind so many of yeah, it's an organ, other, yeah. right? Like, but it's behind so many of the other invisible things, like our emotions and our thoughts and things that are a little bit more abstract. That sometimes we forget how right. concrete the brain actually is, and all of those physical components, like the chemistry and the um, frequency, which is what neurofeedback, I think, kind of exercises, and all of these other like structure and function pieces of the brain. Yeah, yeah, because when we hurt another uh, body part, like our foot or our arm, you know, we need to heal that body part um, physically. Yes, there's emotions and, you know, feelings associated with that, but there's physical support is needed as well. And so the brain needs physical support as well as mental and emotional support. So we're going to jump back into neurofeedback in a couple of minutes, but I want to just back up for a second and let you tell our audience just a little bit about your story, because you come to us not just as a neurooptimal practitioner, but also as an adoptive mom. So will you just tell us a little bit about your family and how you came to adoption? Well, I'm originally from Russia. So um, I moved to the U.S. about 20 years ago and uh, have done a lot of exploration on my own and realized and it wasn't until um, my husband and I adopted our daughter from um, the U.S. foster care that I realized how much of my own trauma I had. And so I've done lots of self-exploration and self-healing work. Um, 
after realizing that I had a lot of, even though I had a lot of book knowledge about adoption and, and attachment and um, the brain, I realized that I needed to do work on myself. Um, but my husband and I have one biological child. And after several years, we talked about having another one. And it was actually my husband's idea. He said, well, if we have another one, another child biologically now, there will just be kind of two single children, uh, too far apart. And, uh, you know, they, they won't be close in terms of age or, you know, being able to relate or play together. Um, how do you feel about maybe adopting? And uh, I thought about it for a few months, probably. And then I realized, yeah, that's actually a great idea. There's so many children in foster care uh, waiting for permanent homes, waiting for families. And many of them are going to be aged out at the age of 18. And they have nowhere to go. Um, and, of course, the I had uh, severe complications with having my child biologically. So I thought, well... You know, there's there's trauma in adoption, but there's also trauma in giving birth biologically. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So um, I'm not saying, you know, I picked it. I That was the right reason to go into adoption, but there's some perks and benefits of not, not giving birth biologically, for sure, having yeah. done both. <laughs> well, and we all, we come into motherhood and then adoptive parenthood with so many expectations and so many misconceptions, I think. And then it's not uncommon for our expectations and our reality, not always to meet up. So um, tell us a little bit how you came upon neurofeedback and why, what you were looking for when you were searching for answers. I first discovered it through that book, The Body Keeps the Score, uh, written by Dr. Bessel so, uh, about trauma. Uh, we have, I'm already was familiar with talk therapy and um, counseling to process your emotions and feelings and traumas and uh, family history, all that. But the neurofeedback was different, different in a way. It's, I realized that if trauma affects our brain physically, it kind of makes it work less efficiently. And there's certain regions of the brain almost get frozen or locked up, maybe there's something else that we can do not to replace counseling or psychotherapy or trauma work, but to add to it. Um, I often think of neurofeedback um, like physical therapy for the brain. You know, you know, when you're an athlete, you need a coach to guide you through uh, the competitive process to somebody who to cheer you on, to give you tips and advice and keep you accountable and keep you motivated, all those things that coaches do. But if you have an injury in your knee or your foot, um, you can't run any faster because there's this physical limitation that you have, right? And so trauma causes physical limitations in the brain. And a lot of our kids, um, sometimes they're born with fetal alcohol issues and, um, Maybe like concussions or traumatic brain injuries and, or psychological trauma in the brain. So 
I wanted to be able to offer something uh, else besides talk therapy um, that would be physically helpful to many of us with trauma. But I started uh, neurofeedback by finding a local provider and wanting to do it for myself. So even though I'm one of those moms that, you know, my child comes first and I want to just help her as much as I can. And she has so many needs, just endless needs. I came to a point where I felt a bit burnt out and everybody was telling me like, try to do some more self-care because you can't give out out of an empty vessel and you will start feeling resentful. You don't want to start feeling resentful because you give and give and give to this child and you never know, you know, when she, um, at what point she'll feel better or starts um, acting differently. So start with yourself because it's very important. It's also a good example to your children that you're taking care of yourself. And so uh, my experience was amazing with um, neurooptimal neurofeedback specifically. And uh, I found that it was very helpful uh, to me as a parent. I just felt lighter. I was able to let things go easier. Um, an example was if my daughter... In the past, I would get really triggered when my daughter would lie to me, even though logically I knew why she did it. It's just kids lie, you know, <laughs> kids with trauma just make things up. Sometimes they act out of fear um, or defensiveness, so they lie. But it was a big trigger for me and it made me really upset. And sometimes I would just be even upset at myself for being upset at her. Um, and it was just getting me nowhere. With neuroptimal neurofeedback, it just happened seamlessly because I could talk in talk therapy endlessly about what's going on when she lies to me and how I feel about it. And I could understand all that logically and rehash it and then, you know, give a lecture to you about it. But anytime my daughter lied to me, it was just still very hard and triggering. Neurofeedback just allowed allow things just kind of roll off my back, something I always wanted to do, just let things go and able to utilize the same um, information that I received from all the books, from all the lectures, from the psychotherapy that I received. It just made it click, made it made sense to, and actually I was able to implement those tools and um, resources. It just happened. It it felt like magic. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you that was really cool. I So what I hear you saying is that Neurooptimal kind of helped you self-regulate better, yes. but it also seemed to really increase your resilience to kind of the daily challenges of raising a daughter with really high needs. Um, and also just, you know, sometimes you mentioned like we research and we research and we read and we go to webinars and we read more books and we get on more Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And then at some point in time, and I have a pretty high capacity for learning new information, like your brain just starts to like shut down, like it can't even focus, it's overwhelmed, it's already stressed, we're not sure, you know, what end is up, which, you know, what thing we're going to try next. And it sounds like neurofeedback not only helped with your regulation, but also helped you kind of process information differently, and then help you be in a better mental space to make a good plan for your family. Exactly. Yeah. Because you can get, you know, a master's degree after master's degree and book, uh, read a, yet another book, 
But anytime something happens, you're triggered and you'll get upset um, and you get dysregulated. And so all that book knowledge just goes out the window, right? So you want to, yes, book knowledge is extremely important in staying up on top of the recent, uh, most recent research and information and being educated is very crucial for sure. Keep doing that if um, that's what I recommend to other fellow adoptive parents. Make sure you stay educated. But sometimes but it comes to a point where you know everything and yet you can't use what you know. <laughs> then you just need to kind of try something else. Definitely self-care is very important uh, to be able to stay regulated, stay calm, uh, because you're like you're setting the temperature in your home. Parents' regulation is extremely important for the children's mental health. And so I have to say that I had a twinge of, am I being selfish by doing that myself first? Uh, maybe my daughter needs it because she has all these other issues and she's not sleeping well and she has nightmares and she's very, she's got this huge startle response. I'm just a burnt out mom <laughs> who's starting to get cranky. But, you know, that's pretty common probably for a lot of parents. It's like, my child needs it first. Uh, but I started with myself and my daughter uh, did so much better because I was calmer. I was better regulated and I was letting things go that we didn't need to argue over. <laughs> and so it just made me happier and made her uh, better regulated as well. Yeah. So I want parents to hear that because we often are on the lookout for things to help our kids. And we often think if we can find something to help our kids, then the rest of our family will be more mm -hmm. peaceful. But yes. ultimately, and especially if you have an older child, especially like teenagers, right, it's harder and harder, it becomes harder and harder to kind of convince them to be on board with certain things. And we can feel really powerless in those situations. And I think what you're offering parents is the knowledge that we do have some power. We do have some control in the situation. We have control over ourselves. And so even though we would really love to be for our kids to be able to access some of these healing practices, what we can do is require it of ourselves. And that there's a trickle down effect there that is incredibly powerful. So don't underestimate, you know, what we have the power to do for ourselves Absolutely. and how that will help our family. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. It was the hardest thing for me to do it on myself. Um, and uh, I forced myself to do it because I just felt like I do not want to not like my child right now because I'm starting to feel resentful. And this is this is not who I am. This is not what I signed up for. Hey, this is Sarah. I'm briefly interrupting this episode to make sure you know about an upcoming support group for adopted teens that I'm facilitating. As an adoptee, I'm passionate about supporting adopted teens because I wish I had had a group like this when I was younger. During this eight-week session, teens will explore the seven core issues of adoption, learn better ways to respond to others' adoption-related questions, even the more insensitive ones, have an opportunity to process their personal adoption journey, and hear from one another in a supportive and collaborative way. We get started on September 23rd, so for more information or to sign your teen up, head to theadoptionconnection.com slash teen. Now back to the episode. The 
this is this is not who I am. This is not what I signed up for. I need to do something about this. Uh, and definitely um, by uh, helping myself, I very much directly help my family because you know, you know, again, uh, parents set the temperature in the in the household often, and a calm and regulated parent will help um, to calm and regulate their children as well. Yeah. Okay. So I think listeners are dying to know though, ultimately, Olga, did you use Neurooptimal with your daughter? Yes, I did. Um, I, uh, when I probably within three or four sessions on myself, I realized how magical it was and how much calmer and more regulated and happier I was starting to become. Of course, I was the next step is my whole family needs to do this. What's different was even though I started Neuroptimal with um, a local provider, I also learned that um, Neuroptimal Neurofeedback is can be rented for home use. Um, and it's even though there's extensive research and the equipment is very sophisticated and very smart, but the user friendliness of it is pretty simple. Um, I often compare it to our smartphones, right? We don't know how how it's put together exactly. All we know is which buttons to push to get on Facebook and check out email and text people and look up like Google Maps, those are kind of things. But if we break it, we don't know how to fix it because <laughs> it's beyond us. So with Neuroptimal, it's very sophisticated, but extremely user-friendly. So what I ended up doing is I rented a system for home use I, uh, with unlimited sessions and I used it Yes, I continued using it on myself because I wanted to continue getting better. I used it, definitely used it on my daughter and the rest of my family. And then I, um, in the end, I just felt like I this is so cool. I wanted to own it. Um, so I ended up purchasing the equipment as well. And then went on to become a practitioner. So what was that decision like? Yeah, well, it seemed kind of seamless. Um, I used to work a nine to five job, um, which didn't work out for me because, you know, my child's needs were pretty high and I, uh, received countless phone calls from school, almost started to get my own startled reflex. Um, when I would see a school, um, uh, school number on the, my caller ID, it's like, okay, what did she do this time? Or do they want me to pick her up again? Or do they want me to talk to her again, as if talking to her has ever helped? <laughs> so I ended up um, quitting my uh, day cho- day job that not only was not giving me satisfaction, but it was very distracting from my parent parenting. And so when I discovered neurooptimal neurofeedback, how cool it was, I just had great compassion and passion to want to bring it to the rest of of the community. And I realized it's, it's not very, it's kind of an underutilized, um, modality, uh, because most people think of talk therapy, um, when dealing with trauma, uh, right. Uh, but neurofeedback, not very many people, you know, think about that. So I wanted to be a resource in my community and be a resource to other parents, adoptive parents or parents of special needs, just parents in general, to how cool this is and how helpful it could be. So yes, I re- I, I purchased my own equipment. Um, I continue training my family and I use still use it uh, regularly for myself, but I also have 
uh, I offer it professionally to others. Will you talk about the different types of neurofeedback and what makes Neurooptimal different? I mean, other than the fact that it sounds like families can take it home and use it and use it in the comfort of their own home, which is huge because a lot of our kids, their anxiety goes up so high when they have to go to the office of a practitioner anyway. And of course, in, with COVID now, um, anything that we can do from the comfort of our own homes becomes even that much more valuable. So can you just speak to what makes Neurooptimal different than other neurofeedback experiences that families may have had? Well, for those who are new to neurofeedback in general, something to know about neurofeedback, there are so many different types of equipment out there. I have not tried them all, <laughs> to be honest. I have tried several others, though, besides Neurooptimal, and I have had the best success with Neurooptimal. So um, I've tried Lens, unfortunately, um, it was not as helpful as other people found it. And it could be the practitioner, who knows. Um, um, Othmer and neurofeedback also wasn't as helpful to me. And I had about 20 sessions um, in another practitioner's office. Neuroptimal worked like within the first three or four sessions for me. So at that point, my search was over. <laughs> It's like, okay, this is it. This is for real. I don't need to keep looking for what's going to work. So, but also for listeners out there who maybe have tried um, maybe a version of neurofeedback that was not as like helpful and think, oh, it didn't work for us. Know that that there's other uh, types of equipments out there. And so don't give up on neurofeedback altogether just because maybe you didn't have a successful experience with one 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 technology. I talk about that that with like essential oils and supplements and lots of different things. There's so many variations of these broad categories of things that help our families. And so it's easy to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. But sometimes yes. it's we need a different chemistry or a different brand or something grown in a different region for like essential right. oils and like you're saying for neurofeedback, different systems, different, even philosophies of how the neurofeedback is used with the brain can make a big difference in benefits. Not to get too technical, but what I like about Neurooptimal, besides the fact that it worked for me <laughs> out of a few that I've tried, um, that it's non-invasive. Um, it doesn't push or pull the brain in any direction. It does not require brain map. Um, because I've also heard stories, including my own personal experience, some technologies require a brain map, which sounds interesting and sounds cool. But if you have 20 sessions and the provider says, okay, the brain map is improved, but you feel no, no different, then what's the point, right? Neuroptimal does not require a brain map. So A, you save money doing that. B, you're not in the business of improving a piece of paper. You're in the business of improving your uh, reactivity, your emotional regulation, your sleep. And really, that's what um, I'm tracking with my clients is how are you feeling? What's happening? And so I build that questionnaire based on what's happening. And that's what we're measuring is kind of it may feel to some a bit subjective, but at the same time, that's your real life. Like if you have a good massage, you know it. <laughs> You feel it. You don't need a piece of paper or report. Okay, the massage was effective, <laughs> right? You just know it, it was a great experience and you feel differently. 
can you talk just a little bit about the practicalities? You know, how many sessions a week do you do? How long do they take? What's like the time commitment for a family who's looking to invest not just in the parents, right, for our own self-care and own self-regulation, but also for our kids? And then like, what does that even look like? You know, is it a hat? Are there lots of, you know, tiny wires and electrodes? Sure. Like what are the, what are the nitty gritties? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's no hat. <laughs> it's very simple. There's a, um, a couple clips, you know, on each ear, you know, two on the right, one on the left, and then a couple of little sensors on the head. There's, it's, it's not as messy as like wearing a big hat. Um, it's very easy for one, uh, in terms of how many sessions, that um, number varies. Um, I have seen, well, in my personal experience, I knew it was working in the first three or four sessions when all of a sudden I became just kind of, I was letting things go. Not that I didn't care that my daughter would lie to me, but I just, it just didn't anger me or upset me. And I was able to engage logically with her and not pout afterwards. <laughs> you know, and not feel sad, like was able to stay regulated. Having said that, neurooptimal is because it's gentle and because it's non-invasive. Some people um, continue using it for maintenance, even after they have achieved the desired result. Similarly to you can have, you get in a car accident and you hurt your back. You're going to need X number of chiropractic adjustments and massage therapy and physical therapy to get better. But once you are better, whatever that might be, is different for everyone. Does it mean you are done with making adjustments or wanting another massage? You know, because we're living, breathing organisms and so is our brain. <laughs> um, stressors are coming at us all the time. So, um, for example, because I own the machine, anytime I feel off or tired or a little bit starting to get feel burnt out, uh, stressed out, I just give myself a session and I love it. It's like yoga for my brain. Um, it's, it says sometimes I compare it to meditating. Can you meditate too much? Probably not. You can do it every day if you wish. It feels good and it's a good practice. But in terms of somebody like therapeutic value, again, there's, um, in my practice, I see clients who come for my in office sessions will start noticing a shift in the first three sessions. And that doesn't mean that it's going to wipe out their PTSD or severe insomnia or uh, all of the panic attacks are gone um, or, or 50 year depression is gone, but they will definitely start feeling differently and then they get excited and then they want more. <laughs> uh, and in that case, I just recommend, you know, if they, if they're not local or, if they have another family member that they would like to share this amazing experience with, home rentals are really um, an effect, cost-effective way to train the entire family. Um, and some people end up wanting to buy their own machine and just they feel like they need it as badly as they need a fridge in the house. Um, yeah, I can I can relate to that. So, are, who are good candidates? What are the things that we might see in our kids um, or in ourselves that would make us think? Maybe I should give this a try. And then conversely, are there any kind of counter reasons not to? Are there any people who, you know, after like a quick consultation, probably aren't great candidates? In my own opinion, anyone can use it. Um, again, it's very gentle. It's non-invasive. Non um, 
just like anybody could use a good mindfulness practice, people could use interruptible neurofeedback. Uh, generally, in my office, I see people who come with symptoms of inattention or lack of focus. Whether or not they've been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD is less important, but some people have and some people don't want to carry that label, but they feel like my brain is just not. I have this squirrel brain. Here's a squirrel. <laughs> Get easily distracted. And so I found Neurooptimal very helpful for that. Um, I know that um, in general, Neurofeedback was, um, there was an article recently in the Attitude magazine that it's an uh, effective modality for helping um, ADD, ADHD in lieu of medication, for example. The other thing I see great successes with anxiety and depression. I had one client who said, who was referred to me by a naturopathic doctor because she was really close to needing to take something strong for the panic attack. She was having up to four panic attacks a day and said, certainly did not want to go the pharmaceuticals route, but there were no other option. Things were getting really bad. Um, and even after two sessions, she went from four panic attacks a day to one a week, which was tremendously helpful. Again, everyone's different. Sleep difficulties. A lot of our kids with trauma have sleep difficulties, including my own daughter. So that's one thing that I've seen uh, it help a lot. She would not be able to shut off her brain at night. And then, of course, it was really hard for her to function during the day. So it helped uh, reduce nightmares and improve quality of sleep. So, And we all know that sleep is incredibly uh, important. You know, if we don't sleep well, we don't function well during the day. So sometimes just by simply improving sleep, we can improve emotional regulation, you know, our attitude, our focus and attention during the day as well. Yeah, I think that's so you've definitely piqued my curiosity. We've tried a lot of things in our family and a lot have been helpful. Some haven't been, yep. but I'm always, my wheels are always spinning for yeah. new resources. So Olga, tell, you've already alluded to some different portions of your practice, um, but just give folks who are listening a really clear rundown of the ways that you do work with families and then how they can get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more. So I work with families in, in three different ways. Um, those of, um, I, I live in Beaverton, Oregon, so I have an office in Beaverton, Oregon. Some clients come and see me in person. Right now, it's during the pandemic. You know, I want to make sure they're screened for COVID symptoms and uh, mask wearing is required. Um, so some people prefer starting that way. However, clients who are not local um, can take advantage of home rentals. I can ship um, anywhere in the country and it's pretty easy and I can help um, teach people how to set up the hardware, you know, by Zoom uh, virtually and support them um, virtually. And then the third way, if people feel like we have a lot of difficulties, this this is really helpful, but we want to keep keep training for months, if not years, and have that be available in our home. Anytime, I can also support people in who want to purchase their own device. So in-office, home rentals, as well as purchase program. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that because you normally think about neurofeedback being something that has to be done in person in an office. So it's 
fantastic to have a, to know that there's a resource that's a little bit more flexible. Well, you know, with the uh, brain science and the technology, uh, it's continued to evolve. So are the different offerings. And I'm so glad to support the company that's uh, so evolved that we can bring a very complex um, research um, back, um, sophisticated piece of equipment home and be able to use it effortlessly. Thank you so much, Olga, for your time and for surveying our adoptive community so well. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Melissa. Well, Melissa, that was a great conversation. I learned a lot and I just enjoyed hearing more about neurofeedback. I think what I love is just practically speaking, being able to do a therapy in your home is just very, very valuable. I mean, we are all so busy and many of us are pursuing all kinds of help for our kids and we're running to different appointments and schools and all kinds of stuff. And I just really love the practicality of doing it at home. Yeah. I actually did a little trade with Olga after we recorded this interview. Uh, So she was able to do safe and sound with her family and she sent us a neurooptimal unit to use for a month. And especially if you have a big family, there's no extra cost really to do sessions with more than one person. So I was able to do some, Ty was able to do some, my mom did a couple, Ty loved it. He said it helped him feel so relaxed. And um, there is still a little bit of neurooptimal pain, like, you know, brain paste. And so it's, it's a little bit of a thing to set up, but it's not nearly as crazy as, you know, having to drive somewhere and get a whole head full of neuroactive gel, which we've done in the past. And um, so anyway, I think there's just a lot to be said for this type of neurofeedback. It's, I think we might've talked about this in the interview, but I think the thing that helped me like conceptualize how it's different than other types of neurofeedback is this type of neurofeedback kind of shows your brain like a mirror of itself. And so one of my favorite ways to work out is like dance or bar. And so I think about like, if I see myself, I can see where I might need to make a correction to get in better alignment. And so same thing with the brain, when it sees itself, it might notice that it needs to find another place to have more balance and things like that. So it's a, it's a more gentler uh, way to do neurofeedback than the type that starts with brain mapping. So one's not better or different. One's not better than the other. They're just completely different. And so just wanted to bring you another option. Like Lisa said at the beginning, just so great to have options and have multiple tools in the toolbox. Well, and you know, different things work for different kids. We can continue to explore new things and see what's going to work. A hundred percent. So if you'd like to explore this and, or pick Olga's brain about it, you can find her at beavertonneurofeedback.com. We'll have links to her social media channels and her website at the show notes for this episode. You can find those at theadoptionconnection.com slash 145. Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media. You can find us on Instagram as The Adoption Connection, or better yet, join our free Facebook community at theadoptionconnection.com slash Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. We love having you. And remember, you're a good parent doing good work. The music for the podcast is called New Day. 
and was created by Lee Rosevier.